Hello, and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It, Live the Life You Want. Um, we've got another fantastic episode today. And uh, today I invited a man called Dave Elray. I, I saw him on another podcast and fell in love. And I said, okay, I have to, I have to meet him. Because <laughs> I thought, you know, his conversation was so awesome. So I invited him. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jules. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Dave, for, for the purpose of the people who are listening to us, can you tell people where you are, where you're from, like, and what do you do? Yep. So I'm Dave, Dave Ellery. I am from the English Lake District. I am in the English Lake District. And what do I do? <laughs> I, I always find that uh, quite a difficult question. I don't know, some people say you're a, I'm a coach. I don't consider myself to be a coach. Um, if anybody asks, I just, I just say, I, t I talk about the nature of mind. Mm. That's, that's kind of what I do. And yeah, prior to that, I was a tree surgeon. So I, I ran my own business as a tree surgeon for many years. And uh, yeah, knew it was something I wasn't going to do for the rest of my life. I always knew that. Always, always knew I was never, it wasn't my destiny. But I never quite knew what was, which caused me a lot of pain. Because I failed my college course because I took too many drugs. <laughs> Good times. But but... Not productive. Not very productive. Landed <laughs> me in a bit of shit. Um, yeah. And then I ended up in prison at the age of 21 mm. for violence. So I, I didn't really have many qualifications to fall back on and to work with. So I yeah, became a tree surgeon. Then 2013, I woke up and realized what I wanted to do in my life, which is what I do now. Mm. And you, you like, we, we spoke um, off camera on the, on the previous conversation oh, where we actually met. And like, that's what you, like one of the things I remember from that conversation, which you know, totally inspired me. Like I, first of all, I didn't even know you were a tree surgeon. That's the one thing like, so for the purpose of the Canadian girl sitting on this side of the screen, what is a tree surgeon? A tree surgeon. A tree surgeon is every manly man's egoic idea of being a proper man. <laughs> oh, um, you get to climb trees with a chainsaw you get to look hard and tough and you get to be strong and it all sounds fun. <laughs> that's, that's why I did it. I, I just wanted to be a proper man. I wanted to be a big man. I so, see. And when you haven't got very many qualifications, it's like, well, what can you do? I, 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 life, life's always kind of brought me what I've needed when I've needed it. Yeah. Sometimes it's not been what I've enjoyed. But, um, and if, forgive me, if you hear background noise, I've got a Jack Russell he is the most unruly little shit on the planet. So he's a law unto himself. He lives the life he wants to live. Um, yeah, tree surgeon. So I, I used to, I used to climb trees and reduce trees, and sometimes take trees completely down um, mm. to do tree surgery and forestry. 
Okay. I had, you know, I had a, a vision of you with, you know, like the mask and the gloves yeah. and the and chainsaw and, and like the cutting. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. that's what kind of showed up for me. But now yeah. that you've explained that, I, I've seen them here in Canada. I've yeah. all call oh. them surgery surgeons. Um, yeah. But when I, what I really liked in our first conversation was that you, th this is what like, really stuck with me is I you said I want to help trees I want to help animals I want to help insects and when you said insects I kind of like went I'm like I'm the only person in the world who thinks about saving insects and then you go ahead and like I don't even say this like I don't tell people that I keep the spiders around, <laughs> you know, I, I just don't say that because everybody I've said this to thought I was like this one weirdo. And then you're like, I want to save the insects. And I'm like, yes. And don't, don't kill mosquitoes or anything. I'll let them all go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not there yet. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on that. Because <laughs> they love me. They love me. Yeah. They love me as well. No, it was, no, you're right, Jess. I've always loved wildlife. Like, why are, are you drinking? I'm drinking vitamin C's. Is it? All oh, right, okay. It's vitamin C, yeah. It's like something I clean the kitchen. It's with. not wine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was window cleaner or something. No. Um, meths. I thought it was meths. Um, yeah. No, just before, in my previous life, I call it a previous life, I used to struggle a lot with depression and anxiety and anger, stress, severely stressed. I used to get a lot of facial tics and um, kind of Tourette's-like symptoms, mm. outbursts, uncontrollable outbursts. Uh, it wasn't much fun. It wasn't my life. And I used to see a lot of therapists, I'd see a lot of psychologists. I was medicated. Um, I was actually on the verge of committing suicide when a lady named Sue Huginson, one of my best friends now, um, she's, she's from Windermere, just up the road from me. She got in touch with me to look, for, look at a tree. Uh, when I got there, there wasn't a tree in a garden. Now, I didn't really know this lady. I met her once as a therapist before, but she was very expensive for me at the time, and I never went back. But six months later, she phoned me up to look at this tree, and... She told me that the universe had contacted her to tell her that she needed to share something with me that she'd just come across, which was Sydney Banks. And I agreed to sit down and listen. I'll be honest, I didn't really hold out much hope. And I remember the first day she sat down, she started to speak to me about nature. She started to speak to me about God. She'd called it God. I said, I think what you're talking back in the day, I had no kind of comprehension of what I've since become aware of. I said, I think what you're talking about is something that I call nature. I always kind of saw an order behind all of nature. And but she was calling it God. Now I was Christian, brought up, fell out of the faith pretty rapidly as I went through my younger, younger ages. 
and it then ended up with no faith, faith as such. But I always respected nature. And it was about nine weeks later, um, Sue contacted me and she gave me an ass kicking. She said, Dave, I'm phoning you up, giving you an ass kicking now. You've never done anything of us. You've never looked at Sid on YouTube. You've never bought a book. You've not done anything. All you've done is take from me. And I, I remember thinking, sitting there, <laughs> thinking, shit, she's right. She's right. I didn't like that. I didn't like the idea that I'd... she pulled me on it. You're a taker. I was like, yeah, you're right. So that morning, I, I phoned up my customer. I, I won't be able to make it today. So it's about half eight in the morning. She was up. She'd obviously frigging stewed on it during the night. Like, and I took the morning off and I just Googled Sid. And there's four videos on Sydney Banks at the time on YouTube. And I remember just watching them. It was about 15 minutes worth. There was something in one of the videos that Sid said. And I went for a walk. And it was on this walk. Well, actually, I was driving to a walk. And... I just felt this urge to pull over on the side of the road and middle of nowhere. And as I pulled over, I got out of the car. I was with Rusty, my dog. A very difficult, difficult chapter of life was this chapter of my life. Um, this was the point I was looking to commit suicide. And as I got out, I just found myself full of this feeling. I was just full of this feeling state and it was whilst I was full of this feeling state I saw a jackdaw which is a type of crow in the UK little crow grey head bright blue eyes beautiful little things and as it flew over me it looked at me and we kind of caught eyes I noticed I noticed it look at me I was obviously something unfamiliar on its landscape that it was used to, so I caught its attention, and it just as it's flying along, it just just looked down and carried on down the field. Off it went, and it was in that moment where I can't really explain what happened, but it was like it was the second time that something like this happened to me in a in a very short period of time. This was the second time. Um, I could only say like reality opened up, if I could say that. This was very kind of down to earth. My previous experience a few weeks before wasn't of this earth. It was, it was indescribable. This I could almost talk about. I couldn't talk about the other one. Again, a very difficult time. I'd just been in a fight up in Scotland and I was walking home <laughs> pretty drunk down a banking but this one was this one was very ground based earth based here and now based it was something I can't explain logically there was love and there was excitement for creation there was total power strength unity and in one moment I went from where I was stood to a woodland which is two miles away 
and find myself present in there only to come back again in a moment. These are bits I can kind of talk about. It was an experience that makes no sense to the linear everyday earthly existence as a, as a human being for me up until that point and since. But in that moment, I became so aware that reality is an absolute consequence of my being. My being is absolutely essential for reality to be here. In a sense, I create it. And it was in that moment I realised the jackdaw was doing the same. And it was in that moment I realised the trees are doing the same. And the, and the insects. And the fungal kingdom. And the bacterial kingdom. And all things are participating, for want of a better word. Partaking at all aspects of creation, creating um, reality is an experience and all beings are experiential. Your little dog is an experiential being. Your dog is a very different experience to my dog and I know that because my dog doesn't sit on me like yours does. Mine's busy fucking around doing whatever he's doing right now which he shouldn't <laughs> be doing. And going to do something he shouldn't be doing. But in that moment, I gained, suddenly gained respect for myself, my being, and I fell in love with myself. I went from what I described at the at a time to a psychologist and to therapist. I, I used to tell people, I'm the scariest man I'd, I'd ever met. I was unpredictable. I was violent. I was aggressive. I was quick to temper. I always had a hand in pot because I punched something. Um, suddenly going from the scariest human being on the planet to a really nice person who I actually loved. I fell in love with myself and I realised at the same time I'd fallen in love with life. It didn't take me long to put two and two together that the two are the same thing. And it was like I stepped from one world into, an, into a new world. I went from one, one world into a whole new world. The world changed in front of my eyes. It's more colourful. All the oppressive things that I used to focus on vanished. All the hostilities within me died and I found love. Um, wasn't long after that I, I stopped being a tree surgeon. It didn't sit right in my heart to willingly hurt other beings mm. that are conscious thinking experiential events like myself um i didn't want to hurt them i it hurts me we hurt when we hurt a being we hurt ourselves kind of thing and it wasn't the selfish i don't want to hurt myself i don't want to hurt other things i don't want to hurt i don't want to create i don't want to bring pain into this world because I realised in that moment from a man who was a hard man, 
was a tough guy. He was built like a tank, and I used to intimidate my way through life because I thought it was my power, my strength. But that's that was my kind of strength in life. I could intimidate and I could get shit done. I could get people to do what I wanted them to do. I could have things my way. I look back at that now and I see that was born of complete and utter insecurity. Fear. I was a hard man because I was scared. I don't recognise that man anymore. Mm. But I realise that the most powerful thing that we all possess is what we're made of, is what lies behind the veil of our, our existence, is what lies behind the veil of our um, character, which is love. And I found very quickly that love cleared up when I was loving towards all my enemies, all the people that had pissed me off in the past. I'd, I visited many of them and just said, I've been a dick. And I apologise. And they would say, I really appreciate that, Dave. I really appreciate you coming and doing that, Dave. I really respect that amount of people that were so grateful that I did it. One or two weren't. That was all right. That's up to them. That's up yeah. to them. The majority of people now I'm good friends with. I see the lads who I used to have barnies with in the street and in pubs and stuff and work. I see them in the street. Like, How are you doing, Dave? I'm oh, good, man. How are you? Nice to see you. I realised love very quickly heals things. And people, this is this podcast about living the life that you want. Yeah, I started to live the life that I wanted to live, but I didn't know that's what I was searching for. Mm. I didn't know that the ultimate answer for starting to live the life we truly want to live is finding is finding love within ourselves and then bringing it out into the world. Yeah, we kind of, I um, because this is one of the things you know. I've, this is my second season of the podcast, and I I, cool. I realize that people. You know, when people hear live the life you want, they're like, well, you can't always live the life that you want, you know, because sometimes you want such and such a things and there's something outside you that, you know, yeah. you think you can't have because of, so you, you really can't live the life you want, but it's not, it's almost like we're, we're saying the word want, but we're pointing to something and it's not necessarily an intellectual want. Absolutely. It's one of the biggest, I think you and I had a conversation, when we had our conversation, Jen and I, uh, Jenny Anderson's my partner. She was Jenny Kennard. She had a, she had three principles movies and innate wellbeing with Rudy, Rudy Kennard. Jen and I, we, we do, we now help people find this in our own way. We've both come across it in our own ways. And it's funny, you know, many people come to us with all kinds of problems. There is a solution, but it's not what people think. You know, we're very tied into doing shit. We're very tied into 
being active. We're very tight in that. I mean, like active, I mean, working on things, working on ourselves, working on this, working on that. I, I often say one of my greatest saving graces when it came to me finding freedom, and I call it freedom, our company is called Freedom Thinking. I was very fortunate in that I didn't have any preconceived idea as to what I thought I was looking for. I just thought life was shit. I feel like one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people is they have an idea as to how life should look. What it will look like if they were to start to find themselves, what that would look like. And, or if you want to talk about the three principles, what it would look like if you started to gain an understanding of the three principles. You know, many people, we ask them who have been around this for years and they're struggling, why am I still struggling? Well, what do you think it looks like? We'll give you an answer. The moment somebody gives an answer other than I do not know, that person has been misleading themselves. They've been creating an idea of what reality will look like. This was all just a conceptual thought that they've now gone, oh, that's real. That's what it will look like. So, for example, I've had somebody say, well, I want the freedom that you have, Dave. I said, all right, what's that? And they'll say, well, you're always happy and you love everybody. It's like, <laughs> Firstly, that's not true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't always love everybody. Certainly not. And I'm not always happy. That's not freedom either. That's imprisonment. If you believe you should always be happy, you've instantly created a prison which will create discomfort and suffering. Mm. It will create more unhappiness. See, these beliefs that we carry around unwittingly, we, we look at somebody and go, oh, I want to be like them. You'll never be like them. You'll be like you. You don't, we, we're so busy trying to be like somebody other than who we are, we lose sense of our own authenticity, which is truly what we're looking for. We're looking for our our. We're looking for a sense of belonging. We're looking for a sense of acceptance. And we're looking for, we're looking for um, contentment and fulfillment from life. Now, we look at people and we go, oh, they look like they exhibit that. I want to be like them. Biggest mistake. Biggest mistake. First and foremost, I don't know a single human being on the planet. I've never come across one who doesn't suffer. From time to time, get a bit pissed off with something, fed up. And to me, freedom isn't about always being happy or always being in a certain state. Freedom is acceptance, which is born of experiencing. Because I find the moment, the moment I accept whatever state I'm in, I'm free. I'm free from the bind that it should be something other than what it is. And in its own way, it dissipates, dissipates quicker. And I've gone through some pretty heavy feeling states this last year or so when I started being shown things about what certain things that are taking place in the world. I started to enter into some pretty heavy feeling states that I was quite surprised to find myself in, but there I was. Humbling, very humbling. Life is humbling. But with 
but from where it used to be that I used to enter into these spaces and perhaps I'll be in them for two years, six months, two years, something like that. Depressions. This was short. I find it becomes shorter because there's something about discovering the nature of reality. You realize it's illusory. It doesn't appear so right now. It doesn't appear to be illusory reality, but it, it is. It's an energetic thing. It's all energy. And what we call energy, people, we say that word and then it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I can't know it. I know I cannot know it. And I know that the very nature of everything is made of I, something I do not know. So therefore, ultimately, the very basis of reality itself, the very basis of life. What is life? What is life? We give it words, oh, it's an experience, it's, it's action, it's this, it's that. No, what's it made of? It's awareness, what's awareness? Well, awareness is energy, what's energy? Energy's God, what's God? All these words that we kind of throw around and the moment we throw it around, we assume we understand it. No, you cannot understand it. The very nature of our being, you cannot understand. Love, what is love? Draw it. Tell me about love. You can't. You can't talk about it. It's beyond it. It's beyond our intellect. And the very fabric of the universe is made of something we can't talk about, we cannot understand, we can gain respect for. And therefore, at that point, it's like we truly know nothing. And the moment we find ourselves in that space of realization that we truly do know nothing it's like i don't know it, it freezes up from our concepts of what we believe and then very quickly we find it was only ever our beliefs that we were suffering and i feel like it's at that point freedom's found mm. and it's at that point that we start to live the life that we truly want to live, but the life that we truly want to live is one of freedom, not bound by our egoic ideas and concepts of how life should be. You know, I have deep respect for suffering. There's part of me that's excited because I know that when I go into suffering, it's an aspect of my ego that is coming up that I was unaware of, that the moment it comes up, it's actually it coming into my awareness to be seen for what it is. I undergo the experience of the suffering, the sadness, the grief, the depression, whatever it is. And once that has moved through, which it will, because it always does, you can then think about that subject and it has zero effect on you. You know, everybody's running away from these dark feeling states. If we can understand that nature does not make mistakes, there's no such thing as a wrong tree. There's no such thing as a wrong blade of grass. No such thing as a wrong bird, a wrong fish. There's no such thing as a wrong person. Human beings are nature. We are nature. Everything is nature. We are nature. We must take ourselves off the top of that pyramid and put ourselves as a link in the chain of nature. Mm. Reposition ourselves. You realize that nature doesn't make mistakes. That includes every single experience we go through. No, no, nobody is a mistake and no thing is a mistake. There are no mistakes in this universe, just judgments. 
So is that what you would call waking up? Like, that's what you said to me the other day. It's like, I want to save, I want to help nature. I want to help the insects. I want to, but, and that's going to begin with humans, human beings waking up. Nature would thrive without humans. Mm. Yeah. It's quite logical. It's true. If nature's not thriving, I think we need to look at ourselves. What we do to nature, we do to ourselves. And, it, and what we do to nature is born of separation. Because we call it, we even call it the natural world. <laughs> it's just fucking frazzled my head now. Like the natural world, we, we're so separate, we call it a natural world, as though our world isn't nature. You know, our computer that we are talking on now is an aspect of nature. It was created from the mind of a, an organism. It's like, you know, weaver birds weave nests. There's some amazing things created by other beings on this planet. On this planet. And so everything that we do is ultimately an aspect of nature. Splitting the atom is an aspect of nature. You know, it, it, we... Human beings just discover things continuously and figure out what to do with it after that. What I call waking up. I called it waking up. I actually called it, it was like when I first started speaking about it, it was like my birthday. Like when I say birthday, I don't mean like, oh, it's a celebration. I mean like, no, it was the day I first, I was 33 years old and it was like, it was like I'd suddenly walked onto planet Earth for the very first time. I went, this is what life's about. This is what it's about. It's about living. It's about experiencing. It's about loving. It's about connecting. It's about being here. <laughs> it, it wasn't very good from a business because I very quickly saw that I saw the rat race. I lived a life of doing a job I didn't want to do because I thought I should do it because I thought I should have a house. I should have a mortgage, all these aspirations as to making it in life. Oh, one day, Dave, you're going to make it, you're making it. You're on your way, Dave. Once you've got this house, you better sell this house, you better buy a bigger house, and then you'll be making it, you're making it, you're making it. I'm 41 years old, I live at home with my parents. I've never felt more like I've made it in my entire life. I made it when I was 33 years old. I stepped into the world for the very first time, and I realised all oh, that was bullshit, distracting me from enjoying life, it was preoccupying my life, it took me away from the life I truly wanted to live. And then one of the things I said to Jen when we first got together was, Jen, I want to live our retirement throughout our lives. Jen was like, so do I. Let's work and let's have fun, but let's do the work that we want to do. What do we want to do? Do we actually want to do what we're doing? Yeah, we do. We both came to the same conclusion. Yes, we do. We want to help people. So that work has taken us for the first part of our relationship, took us all over the world, working on all kinds of different um, communities, some of which couldn't even speak English. And, oh, it's fantastic. But it was on a walk on a beach in South Africa. I was pissed off with the microplastics on the beach. We were, we were stopping with our friend, Jill. Uh, and we just gone for a walk and I was telling you, I was, I was telling you about this, Jess. I was pissed off with the microplastics. Plastics shit all over the beach. 
and we're around walking somewhere called Table View. Anybody who's familiar with South Africa, Cape Town, Maine, all that area, it's beautiful. After about an hour, Jenny just went, are you still looking at the plastic, Dave? She got a bit fed up with me, pissing and moaning. <laughs> she said, have you even looked up? And I looked up. <laughs> I looked up. And the sun was just setting behind Robin Island, which is where Nelson Mandela was, was held. And Table Mountain was bright orange with the sunset. And Cape Town itself was just starting to become illuminated with lights. The sea was turquoise and these big waves were rolling in. It was just outstanding. And it was in that moment I just had this insight. If you want to help nature, the natural world, mm-hmm. if you want to help other beings, you have to help humanity wake up to love. We have to find love and it's it's that simple we have to learn to change our minds about things we have to first and foremost understand that reality is a state of mind and our state of mind affects the world creates our behavior so as our minds change the world changes all starts with the mind where we can go into stuff that I can't really understand and we can go into quantum and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the mind actually is, we know now that the mind affects the physical world. The mind is beyond things that can do things beyond what we en masse at the moment currently believe is possible. And that was one of the first things I realised after I woke up or minutes after, and the minutes after I woke up was I was just told that there are gifts within thought within mind, within consciousness, that mankind is not evolved enough yet to utilise and to understand. We're not evolved enough yet. But as we evolve more, our minds will become more capable. We will discover capacities within mind that that will be, for not what will look to us now like to be magic. They're all waiting for us to wake up. They can't come into our being until we've evolved. How do we evolve? Well, first and foremost, we must start to understand ourselves because when we start to understand ourselves we start to understand reality we start to understand connection we start to understand love hmm. you know i i i was speaking with um mavis karn i i think you don't know mavis right i, oh, I mentioned the name yeah so yeah. mavis is uh she's 80 81 and she studied with she studied with uh, Sid, yeah. and um, I'm getting mentored by her. Nice. And in our last conversation, you know, I've been I've been exploring this conversation for a while now. And in our last conversation, she said to me, she said, "You know, Jasmine, when you see something." When you get to that place and you see something, Excuse me. don't put words to it right away. Just stay with it. Stay with the feeling and let it expand within you. Because the second that you put words to it, you've just, 
fucked it up. Well, sorry. <laughs> but I think you meant to say fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, and and I really I really like I love this conversation that that we're having because it's really touching this this space. Like I can feel the space. The space, space. is real. Yeah. That that's the thing. This space is so is is so real. I can't I can never explain that enough. Yeah. What we see now is it's a it's a it's a it's a reflection, it's a consequence of it. The space that we're talking about is more real than this moment that we're experiencing now, and that makes no sense to the intellect. But when you find yourself there, you will know it's true. You will find something that you will go, fuck, this is massive. Not in a size-wise yeah. thing. I'm talking about, because <laughs> size isn't a thing. Yeah. It's not a thing there. It's, it's uncomprehendably real and perfect. And everything is that. Everything is, is that uncomprehendable perfection and real, and real reality. It kind of, I feel like the way life gets so much easier is because so much judgment falls out of, out of mind when we start to realize the perfection that everything is made of, because there is only that truth. And in that truth of only being perfection, there, there's not really an argument. And life just becomes easier, your mind becomes quieter. And it's that quiet mind that is just kind of present, it hears. It hears ourselves think. It starts to become more aware of the uh, bullshit we live out of. Like our ego seems to kind of come to the surface and we get to, get to see it more. And it's like you get to listen to other people and you get to have conversation. You, know, you get to meet people for the first time, even your family. Meeting my family for the first time was very beautiful. I was 33 years old. Meeting my mum and dad and my sister for the very first time. Different. Without the story, meeting a human being, meeting a, rather than meeting a character that I'd created for that, oh, they're like that, or oh, they're like that. And, uh, Dad's always a this mum's always like that mum's is like just meeting people for the first time listening to them and seeing my story that i'd lived out of it was it was a fascinating really fascinating time it still fascinates me to, to, to this day because i know that what i found on that moment it wasn't the end it wasn't the goal it was just a new beginning there is no end the stuff that I can, I know exists for humanity that I am not awake, awake to yet. And that makes life exciting. You know, I see this world now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This world's gonna change. And it's going to change quickly. 
and it's going to change not because of things not because of what's happening outside it's going to change because of what's happening inside of people it's already happening since that since 2013 i have seen i have seen the community that i say i'm part of the three principles community the principles are just a metaphor it's it's not a thing what the principles are pointing to is truth like many other things it's just a conversation but i have seen people go in search because people know it exists they know they go in search something i'm searching i know i'm i know i'm fucking missing something so vital about this existence i know it exists I, where do i look i'll look in this book i'll look in this book i'll look in this book i'll look in this i'll look in that i'll, I'll listen to sid i'll listen to dave i'll listen to jazz i'll do whatever I'll never find it there the only place we will ever find it is within ourselves and realize what we were truly searching for was was what we the thing that we're searching for when people realize god where did you find god well you realized it where do you realize within yourself where do you realize anything to realize realize to make real to bring into reality to bring to realize it it's like to bring forth a new reality we want to change reality we have to change ourselves how do you do that you just leave yourself the fuck alone you stop trying you walk away from yourself the thing that's trying to change it all is an ego it was a belief all along that we needed to change something that was all it ever was was a belief that we weren't perfect we weren't amazing that we weren't powerful that we weren't supposed to be here. That we're that we're anything or we're impure. Now, everybody, I remember it being one of the most humbling things because I used to think to myself, I wonder if there's something special about me. And then I woke up at the age of 33 and realized, yeah, there is. Fuck yeah, Dave, there is something so special about you. You can't even talk about it. but it is at the heart of everybody else as well. Everybody is the most special, unbelievably special event. Everybody, the world is not overpopulated. There is exactly the amount of people that should be here because we're all here. And this world can support us all. We're all supposed to be here. We're all entitled to be here. We're all meant to be here. We're all perfect. The only thing that creates the illusion and the behavior, the consequential behavior is, or that we're, the only thing that creates the illusion that we're not perfect and the consequential behavior of imperfect behavior of whatever judgment you have about that is a, is a thought, is a mind thinking and believing is a belief system that we've bought into perhaps, perhaps it's something somebody once told us, perhaps it's something we once read, perhaps it's something within our religion, perhaps it's something within psychology, perhaps we were given a label in psychology, I just want to clear something up, I was given labels, diagnosed with chemical imbalances. I almost wanted to say fuck the labels, <laughs> I'll stop myself. 
Yes. The fucking labels. They create an identity that is not who you are. A label is a, de is a description of behavior. Behavior is a consequence of mind. Mind cannot get ill. Mind is, is consciousness. Consciousness cannot get ill. Thought cannot get ill. It doesn't exist on a physical plane to get ill. It exists in an ethereal, energetic, spiritual plane, whatever word you want to choose. It exists in a boundless realm. You are a boundless realm. Incarnated into a physical organism. What we call a physical, these are just words, a body. We're multi-dimensional. How do we move between dimensions? We think. This is just one plane of existence. If you look at the earth, it is an infinite realm of realities. Just the earth, just planet earth is an infinite realm of realities. Every single organism is an experience completely unique in every single moment. 7.7 .7 billion human beings, different realities on earth, just human beings. Every single one of us sees an entirely unique moment. Just Create. human beings. Just human beings. Then you've got your little geranium next to you down to <laughs> experience. You know, it knows when it's moved away from the light, so it changes its direction. It's fully aware, it's conscious, and it acts. It couldn't do that without a thought. But it doesn't have a brain. Right, thought is not a consequence of brain. Trees wouldn't be able to think. But trees think. And they react. They are aware. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's beautiful. And all, as, 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 as realities are going off this earth, new ones are coming in. That's why I say it's infinite. Because in every single moment right now is life and death taking place. Birth and death is now. Creation and destruction are the same thing. Life and death are the same thing. Different shapes, different, different faces of the of the same coin. And I think I think going into that space and realizing behind life was one of the most freeing things because I realized there was nothing to fear in death. Death's nothing to be afraid of. In a world at this present moment that's so desperately trying, you know, it, it's useful some people to try and peddle the idea that death's a bad thing. I'm not saying I'm pro-killing, anything like that. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. But I want, if, if tomorrow everybody woke up and realised there is nothing to be afraid of in death. You don't die. A body falls to the ground. Or perhaps it was already laid down. But you you don't die. If tomorrow people woke up and lost their fear of death, they would lose their fear of life. Because I feel like that was one of the kindest things it gave me was stop fearing life like I used to.
I don't know why we're so afraid of death. It's the most ridiculous thing to be afraid of because it's the inevitability following birth. And everything has come into existence, has gone out of existence. And everything that is in existence now will go out of existence in physical form. That's the nature of the universe. It doesn't make mistakes. And it's all made of love. Yeah, we're not saying people, you know, to stop feeling danger here. No. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking no. about. You no, know. Certainly not. You know, uh, if you cross in the road, look both ways. Yeah. Drive towards oncoming traffic. You know, it's like be sensible. And but I also feel like it's really tempting for people to find this idea of spiritual in order to escape human reality. But if anything, to me, it's, it's the embodiment of humanity. It's the embodiment of being human. It's the, it's the gift of being human. It's the gift of being here. It's the gift of learning lessons. It's the gift of experiencing things we like and things we don't like. Each time we go into a space of some discomfort, it's, a, it's an opportunity to grow, to shed, to become aware. When I say shed, I mean start to see the way the ego works. What has been colouring our reality? What has been giving our reality a flavour? Because reality ultimately is neutral. It's always neutral. It can go either way, depending on how we think about it. It can appear either anything, depending on how we think about it. And this is why Sid said, thought is the missing link. Not what we think. Stop looking at what we think. Stop trying to change thoughts. You try and change thoughts, that's like, I often liken it to, if the ocean is consciousness and the ocean is our mind, every single time a wave comes up, it's like a thought. They appear different. They come in different sizes, different velocities, and different shapes, different frequencies. But they're all made of the same stuff. So my thought of suicide was made of exactly the same thing as, do I want tea or coffee? Coffee. Love coffee. It was made of the same thing, my thought of suicide, my depressing thoughts, my angry thoughts, my worry of tomorrow, my regret of yesterday, all these waves that come into being, have their time and then disperse only to be replaced by a new wave. See what the mind does continuously, waves, experience into, into being, into reality. And I feel like if, if we can start to wake up and realise it, it is all one thing. All experience is birth of the same place, that neutral space. The ocean can create any size wave and create a tsunami that can wipe out a bit of japan like and or it can create a little ripple but the ocean has had asteroids hit it we've wanked nuclear bombs at them but we've not destroyed them yet and i think when people start to find that unbreakable nature you cannot destroy you, you cannot be destroyed The body can be hurt, the body can be damaged. The body can drop, the body can die. 
but you yourself, you cannot be damaged. Because you exist on a plane that is incomprehensible and is undamageable and is utterly perfect. And that plane is right here, right now. It's not somewhere else. There is nowhere else. I think if people start to get a sense of that unbreakable nature, they start to they start to just relax. They start to enjoy their lives more and love more and connect more. That'll change the world. It's happening. Mm. It's happening. Dave, thank you. I could listen to you, you know, for another hour, but an hour yeah it has been an hour <laughs> it was good no it was good i i hope that you liked it uh, oh, i love it jazz it was so nice and i love your dog thanks so just before we we end if anybody's listening and want to get in touch with you what's your website again oh thanks jazz yeah it's freedomthinking.co.uk okay and we're on Facebook, which is Freedom Thinking. And our email is info at freedomthinking.co.uk. Fantastic. That's for myself, Dave, and, and Jenny Anderson. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Oh, for you. I'm, the, I'm looking so forward to, uh, you know, the feedback that people are going to give. I mean, like we've ha I really enjoyed this chat. And um, yeah, so I, I bid you good luck in everything that you do. And hopefully cool. we'll, we'll cross paths again. And you too, you keep up your awesome work. And I'm sure we will, Jess. All right. Everybody else, I'm going to say, hey, guys, dream it, dare it, do it, live the life you want. <laughs>